0: Welcome to the Scottish podcast by Scottish people about Scottish things. We're three lifelong friends and displaced Scotsmen who get together to talk about our homeland, the weird stuff that happens there, and to remind us why we are the way we are. Welcome to This Will Do Nicely. Hello everybody and welcome to today's story with Rory. Um, Welcome today, Chris, Johnny, welcome to our audio burn supper. How are you boys doing?
1: It's exciting. I've been looking forward to this for 21 days.
2: (laughs) This is the highlight of the year, right? This is is it. This is the real Scottish National Day.
0: Yeah, (coughs) all up front right before January's even finished and then it's just downhill from here. (laughs) Well, yeah, uh, so we're obviously recording this a couple of days ahead of Burns Night, which is Monday the, I mean, I should know this, but Monday the 25th. Um, we we're obviously coming out on Monday, Tuesday the 26th. And, uh, We've got a good we history of is... missing
2: things, <laughs> missing important <laughs> yeah. occasions. So yeah. Yeah, it's only a tradition to miss it by a day.
0: Yeah, arguably we should have done it a week ago to give people an idea of how to celebrate it. But yeah, whatever. Um, this will get them set up for either the weekend or next year's burn supper. So if you are listening to this and you haven't celebrated... Rabbi Burns Night, um, Had Your Burn Supper, this will give you a few days to get prepped, just listen to our audio guide, if you will, Uh, and then this weekend you can enjoy some haggis neeps and taddy and some whiskey with, you know, your friends and family. Uh, Yeah, I'm feeling good, I mean, I've got my my penicillin beside me, (laughs) Um, tastes delicious, (laughs) feels good. That's how, cocktail, did you, how, do you, how did you ca- catch that disease? Uh, I just take it just as a precautionary. Know, okay, it's like my vitamins,
2: you know? Yeah, every morning, set <laughs> for the day. Yeah. No,
0: it's a, it's a whiskey-based um, cocktail. It's basically a cold, hot toddy.
2: Um, it's really good. We've all sort of made a version of it, and I, I think it's got a bit of um, Ron Swanson about it as well, because you sort of finish it with smoky Islay whiskey, and I, luckily I had some Lagavulin to hand, so... Um, oh, nice. nice finish to this kind of yeah, I,
1: I've got a confession to make so I as you guys know I, I really don't like the taste of whiskey <laughs> but I got some uh, for this specially I got. I know you guys recommended I get a bottle but the liquor store that I went to the selection wasn't that great yeah. so I just got a small bottle of Johnny Walker Black Label just you know play <laughs> oh, it dear. safe sure. uh, and I have poured myself a straight one uh, with On The Rocks but I decided to make myself a Moscow Mule to go with it, which has nothing <laughs> to wash it nothing to do with Scotland.
0: <laughs> I I mean, look, this is I think this is what I, and this is what cocktails are about. Like if you don't like the liquor that you're drinking, you make it into a cocktail. I don't believe good whiskey, like single malts, should be made into cocktails, but Johnny Walker Black you can definitely yeah. mix with some Sweet honey and lemon make it taste good. <laughs>
1: Alongside, yeah. let me have a let me let me have a little taste of it just now. All right.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's moments like these I wish this was a video podcast. I
3: know.
1: You know what? It's it's not it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You do
2: yeah, seem to have I a mean, ton it'll... of ice in there. I think it's more ice than <laughs> the whiskey.
1: There's a lot of ice in there. <laughs> then it's been sitting for a few yeah. minutes. Johnny Johnny Walker
0: is the um, what's it called like the the universal whiskey that people drink all over the world.
1: I personally don't like it, but you know, each to their own. <laughs> well, I didn't want to get like a big bottle of Glenfiddich or something because it would just sit in our cupboard for like two years. Um, yeah, just you know, this get, time next get, get year get when we do the next
2: podcast about Burns Night, <laughs> we'll come round the do it live. Yeah, yeah well, you know. By the way, I know we're not. I don't think we're doing a sparring today, but. I've had a I've had contact from someone personally.
1: Oh yeah. Um, they like turn up at your house. A reader
2: no, a reader got in touch with me to give me a bit of inside scoop and he's given me so someone called Drosten I think is his name. And I think he's he's followed us thank you to him on Instagram and Facebook and all the usual places. But he sent me a little note on the on the, on the site to say if you want a bit of insider knowledge here is the gallic for what Burns night is. Um, which I think is oh. pronounced something like Yuka and Takashuk. So I- I'm sure I've probably butchered that, so apologies to Drosten, but thanks to him for getting in touch to give me a little bit of extra research on the side, which was uh, kind of yeah. nice. Dr-
1: Drost- Drosten and I have been flirting on Facebook uh, quite a lot recently. Big so follower
2: so, in all the locations, is great.
1: He doesn't, have, he doesn't follow us on Twitter. I don't believe he believes in Twitter, uh, but so... I guess people that don't know and we just remind them that we now are on facebook and uh on twitter and yeah. sorry on instagram
0: we're at thistle on twitter thistle on instagram uh what is it facebook dot com slash thistle pod on facebook
1: yeah www dot face book <laughs> fakebook R- Rory's Rory's got some severe poster energy on Instagram. He's really oh, taken I'm to it like a duck it. to water. Absolutely loving it.
2: He's texted um, us every new follower.
1: <laughs> I'm, Facebook I'm not as excited about.
0: I'm maybe going to do a video um, of how to make this cocktail. I'm probably going to do another cl- cryptic, cr- oh, God damn it. cryptic clue of what the next episode is going to be about. I'm excited about it. I feel like I mean, this week, I also switched on Alexa for the first time in my house, and I've got excited about uh, Instagram. I feel like I'm five years behind the rest of humanity in getting excited about things, but I'm fine with that.
2: Give, give yeah, it just six months. You find... It's going to be a huge content strategy rolling out of Rory's apartment. I'm just, I'm just really excited to see who's going to be the next president after Obama.
0: <laughs> oh, you're going to love That's it. You, sweetie, <laughs> you are going to love it. Uh, Okay. Well, this is the thing. This is the beginning of a a burn supper. You know, like I said, we're going to take you through an audio burn supper and this is what we're doing tonight. So the beginning of it is just people gathering, arriving, you know, traveling as humans do to get to a place. Not anymore because we're all sitting in our homes and talk to each other online. But yeah, we gather, you have a couple of drinks and you chat amongst yourselves. Um, And so what I'll tell you real quick is just kind of why we celebrate it and when we celebrate it and all that sort of thing. So, Robert, also known as Robbie Burns, he's more colloquially known as Robbie Burns uh, in Scotland. Robert Burns was a national poet of Scotland. who was born in twenty fifth of January, seventeen fifty nine. His poems and songs are read and celebrated around the world. We've mentioned him a couple of times in like our Haggis episode because of his uh, po- poem to a Haggis," which we'll talk about later on, as well as "Old Lang Syne," which is his poem and song that is sang around the world at New Year's Eve. His First published book, Poems, Chiefly in the Scottish Dialect, was um, published in July 31st, 1786, uh, and was, you know, an instant hit nationally, you know, because it was back in the 1700s and there weren't any other countries except for Britain, basically.
1: I'm kidding, I'm kidding, (laughs) don't write in. Um, Excuse me, I think (laughs) you'll find that we were already a country by then.
0: (laughs) 1776. Almost, sort of,
1: barely. Yeah.
0: Uh, So he was a working class hero, he had a good education, he was pretty much self-educated but, you know, voracious reader, but he was seen as or known as the noble peasant, uh, the ploughman's poet, because he had this very much a working class upbringing, a poor upbringing, but became a name in high society around Scotland and England. Uh, He was obviously, you know, being a bard and a poet and a storyteller, he was a talker he was very well liked he, he's described as having this kind of twinkle in his eye where everybody kind of liked him uh, especially the ladies he was definitely a shagger and here's the thing we're not going <laughs> to talk about him and his entire life in this episode because there's too much to talk about him we're just going to I'm just going to give a, you this brief introduction of who he was we'll probably eventually do a full episode on him because he is a fascinating man and is you know his cultural importance and uh the work that he did to kind of you know um, elevate scottish history and scottish culture i don't think can really be overestimated and he's just a, a phenomenal man who we now every year celebrate his birth on the 25th of january by kind of gathering with friends and family. Sitting down, having a meal, having some drinks, reading poetry, telling some speeches and singing some songs, all based on his life or his work. Um, and, you know, that's essentially it. That's what we do. And that's what a burn supper is. Any Anything to add there, boys?
2: I just think it is, I mean, we sort of said it earlier, it's, it's kind of become the the real National Day of Scotland. Like We've talked before about St Andrew's Day and things, but in my mind, it feels like somehow a bigger event in a lot of ways and more associated with doing something everywhere, whereas I think a lot of times St Andrew's isn't necessarily celebrated that greatly. Um, and so I, I think it is an interesting night and one that often brings people together in a way that feels very Scottish, like it's all about... Getting together and socializing and drinking and eating and the sort of theatre around that, and so it's kind of a big moment in the Scottish calendar, I think.
1: Yeah, maybe if St Andrews wasn't selling himself out to be the patron saint of Greece and Jamaica and Barbados and whoever else, then we'd we'd care a little bit more about him. But he's, you know, a sellout.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and there's definitely a lot more kind of. You know, there's a lot more funny Burns jokes to be told and good poems to be read and songs to be sang. It's, it's definitely a much more joyous event. And also, I think it's part of this desire to keep the holiday season going. You know, we had Hogmanay, we got over the, the hangover, <laughs> and now let's have another party just to celebrate Burns. Uh, yeah,
1: it's definitely derailed many a dry January in its time. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. For, for <laughs> yeah. Time.
0: So, yeah, this is it. So everybody gets together... It tends to be. It depends. Uh, You know, I think in St. Andrew's, Chris, when you and I were there at uni, there was a couple of burn suppers. Um, A couple of years ago, we had one at your house. I've had them in my own apartment. My local pub here in New York would have one every so often. And then, like, you know, golf clubs and and bands and, you know, theatre companies have their own burns night and stuff. I think Uh, that's the thing
2: that's quite nice about them is there's sort of a they can sound quite formal sometimes. Like if you go to like a proper organized one, it's like, oh, there's things that happen at each point in the night. And I, But at the same time, it's like, th- there's almost no formality to Like you can do them with mates in your apartment and like, it doesn't really matter in a way. Yeah. And I like that there's sort of the scale of how extravagant or casual they can be. And, and the sort of, there's a flow to the night, but it doesn't really matter that much if you don't do the things and there's some things you can do and some things you don't need to do and all that kind of stuff, but... I like that you can kind of make yeah, it right uh, for the uh, moment you're in, right?
1: It, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, yeah. which I think is nice. Um, and I yeah. think Robert Burns was an awful lot like that. A lot of his poems were tongue quite firmly in cheek. Um, and that's p- partly honouring his legacy. And, yeah, it's ultimately just a good excuse to get together with your pals and um, have a good time and um, get drunk, basically. That's what it's yeah. all about. Eat some good food and you know? have a few drinks.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're completely right. And we're going to go through... Uh um you know an order of service almost but there is absolutely no need to stick to this this is just kind of suggested um i took this off of i think a bbc website that just kind of gave you an idea of what the traditions are and what you could do but there's to to both chris and johnny's point you can kind of just wing it The, the point is just to have fun and celebrate burns and his work and his life
1: um, the only thing that you absolutely have to do, uh, which I did on when I hosted it, is you need to print out a bunch of pictures and posters of Scottish heroes <laughs> like Sean Connery <laughs> and Andy Murray, and pin them to your wall <laughs> as a sort of ritual offering uh, to people. Uh, and you know, you guys came in and you you left you know thirty pieces of silver that, yes. uh, under this. Uh, altar and a can of iron brew and then you were allowed into the home and um and then we went from there
0: yeah no that's it that your shrine to um scottish celebrities
1: you know new and old yeah if we if we did if we if we did it again this year then we would have had drew mcintyre sadly so yeah
0: once you've made your shrine um and all your people have gathered (laughs) so yeah you basically your your host will greet you and say a few words i feel like we've done that everybody sits down they take their place around the the you know the dinner table and one of the first things that tends to be said is the selkirk grace uh so it's a short thanksgiving that is said before the meal is started um so the grace is known you know it's been around you know 80 to 100 years before burns you know, it was around and it was, but it was it's now called the Selkirk Grace because Burns was said to have delivered it at a dinner he was yeah, that was given by the Earl of Selkirk in seventeen ninety four. And I didn't know what it was called. I've always just kind of known this, but the uh, the grace is some hay meat that can eat, some would eat but want it. We hay meat but we can eat and say the Lord be thank you. But that is the, um, the Selkirk Grace. So you say that, and it's essentially saying, it's really, it's really short, and the whole point is, is just saying, you know, we have meat, and we should be thankful for having it because some people don't have it. And that's it. So after the Grace is said, then the starters are served. Um, I think probably on our website, along with all our sources, we'll give a, uh, you know, a couple of menus and recipes. So if you want to make these things yourself, you can do it, but if you... Check
1: out this social media guru here. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's ambitious. Just doing it, doing it.
0: It's,
1: like, it's like speaking to Nigella Lawson here. I know, right? Um, speaking of
0: Nigella Lawson, cock, a leaky soup. Wait. But... We...
1: <laughs> Jesus wow. Christ, uh, right. Is
0: a traditional Scottish soup made of chicken, leeks, and barley or rice? Um, guys like cockle wiki soup.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Genuinely, delicious. I don't really have I don't have any quibbles about any of the menu, to be honest. when yeah. it comes to Burns Night. Agreed. Uh, it's, it's not something I'd want to have every single week, but it's uh, it's good for once or twice a year, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do. So the alternative starter tends to be cullen skink, which is a fish, potatoes, and onion soup. And I'm not a massive fish eater, so I don't love that as much. It's not bad. I'll take it on a burning supper if it's served to me, definitely. Yeah. So then, you've had your starter, you've told yourself uh, your self grace, and now it's time to pipe in the haggis. There's a bit of parade when the haggis comes in. Um, there tends to be a piper who will play. The chef will carry out his haggis on the platter and present it at the table.
1: This is after the haggis was hunted earlier. Yeah, in the yeah day, they right? celebrate the
0: hunters, yes.
2: they carry it in. Obviously, having come oh, off yes. the hills
0: exactly if you want to know a bit more about haggis go back to episode nine <laughs> um and you'll learn all about it you'll learn how to hunt it the different variations um where you would go in scotland what different species that you they that live in those areas of scotland you know everything you would ever need to know about haggis all know. the facts all the facts facts yes exactly
2: yeah um, no nonsense
0: but nowadays, it tends to be made up of sheep or pork or v- beef or venison, and it's pluck or offal, which is like hearts, lungs, and livers. It's oatmeal, it's onions, it's suet, it's seasoning, it's spices, all minced up and combined and encased in the animal's stomach, and then it's boiled. Damn. Usually, haggis is phenomenal. Best part of the meal, it's, like I said, it's it's brought out as you know with a bit of pomp and ceremony. And included in that pomp and ceremony is the Address to the Haggis. And this is a poem that was written by Robert Burns in 1786. Allegedly, he performed the poem off the cuff, so he just kind of winged it, while at a dinner at the house of Andrew Bruce, a merchant who lived in Castle Hill. It was first published in the Caledonian Mercury on the 20th of December, 1786. So... I love the idea that he just kind of stood up.
1: And There's no way he did that off the cuff. Y- yeah, it, it's quite complicated as well. Like, I mean, f- fair play to him if he did. But
2: I mean, if he did, he deserves this day every single year of his life of like the future. But I don't, I,
1: I don't even, I don't even have any notes, guys. I don't even have any. I, d- I haven't even prepared anything. I completely agree. He definitely
0: was bilting yeah. his way through. It's like Oscar
2: speeches. Scared. Oh, I haven't even, I haven't even thought about what I could say right <laughs> now. I just want to thank uh, my mom, my dad, my grand. <laughs>
0: well i guess i could say something <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i think uh chris you were going to give us a wee bit of a rendition of to a haggis it's about four hours long
1: uh, it's know, very long no it's, it, long.
3: it's
1: it's not that long actually i think um i I'll, I'll give you the full thing and you can cut some of it out if you want um, okay. but it's not too, it's not too long all right uh ooh, you got this. so me, so
0: picture the scene me Everybody's... me me me, me, me. Everybody's sitting down around the table. Some candles have been lit. You've all had a few whiskey cocktails or whiskeys or beer or wine or whatever. Um, You've already had your your, um, starter, which was delicious. So you're feeling a bit toasty, a bit warm. Then the door of the kitchen bursts open. The chef walks out with a silver platter raised above his head. And this giant bulbous looking sausage, delicious piece of meat is on the platter there's a piper playing in the corner and the platter is brought out and brought to the, the guest of honor because you know honestly reading the, the address to the haggis is uh, a sign of honor and respect so uh, it is placed in front of whoever that person is to to give the address and everybody is sitting it, it
2: really is something as well i mean you got to imagine yeah. bagpipes are Loud as hell. Like I was thinking back, we did a couple of Burns nights in in your local, Rory, and like they piped out the haggis in this quite small bar in New in New York, and it's like the loudest thing you've ever heard in a small space yeah. is is a set of full bagpipes playing. But so it's quite an occasion, right?
0: Then there's inevitably people wearing kilts yeah. and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So then, some uh, handsome young man or woman stands up and gives this address.
1: Okay. Fair far your honest sonsy face, great chieftain o' the pudding race, Aboon them may yet tack your place, pinch triper therm We'll are ye wordy o' oh, a grace as lang's my arm The groanin trencher there ye you fill, your hurdies like a distant hill, your pin wad help to mend a mill in time o' need We'll throw at your pores, the juice distill like amber bead His knife ye rustic labour date and cut you up with ready slight Trenching your gushing entrails bright, like ony ditch. And then, oh, what a glorious sight, warm, reeking, rich. Then horn for horn they stretch and strive, Till tack the hindmost, on they drive. Till a ah, their wail-swalled kites believe, are bent like drums. Then old goodman may like to rive, bethank it hums. Is there that hour as French ragout, or oleo, that wad staw a so. A fricassee, would make her spew, We perfect scunner. Looks down, we sneer in scornful view, On sick a dinner. Poor devil, see him o'er his trash, His feckles as a withered rash, His spindled shank a good whiplash, His knee a knit Throw bloody flood or field to dash, Oh, how unfit. But mark the rustic haggis fed, The trembling earth resounds his tread, Clap in his wally knee a blade, he'll make it whistle, and legs and arms and hands will sned like taps a thristle. Ye powers for make mankind your care, and dish them out their bill of fare. Old Scotland wants nae skinkin' wear, that jouts and luggies. But if ye wish her grateful prayer, gear a haggis.
0: <laughs> and at that, that point we all raise our glasses and say, to the haggis! To the haggis. Whee! Whee! Beautiful. Well done, Irvin. That was very good. So during that speech, at the point um, where you heard Chris say, uh, he talks about, you know, basically stabbing a knife into the haggis and then talks about the, the lovely, I can't remember really exactly the line, but he kind of talks about all the loveliness that is kind of spewing out of it. The, whoever is giving the speech actually will plunge a dagger into the haggis and cut it open and allowing the meat to come out of the casing very dramatic
3: which
1: is quite a sight if you haven't eaten a haggis (laughs) before yes
0: yes because it kind of looks like you're just stabbing you know somebody's belly open and their entrails falling
2: out. not a lot of comparisons in the world is there to like a meal that gets an address to its main course
0: yeah exactly it gets celebrated in such a fashion but i would say I, i was reading a few you know rendition not renditions but examples of of um burn suppers and many of them warned if you're going to do it and do the address to haggis and you're going to stab it with a knife cut it
2: beforehand
0: (laughs) because it will explode and it will burst in your face or other people's faces
2: it's kind of it's part of it though it's part of the excitement you get a bit of haggis (laughs) as the toast is happening or not
0: look if you want the, the the excitement Stab away, see what happens.
2: <laughs> Boiling hot haggis flying across yeah. the top table. Oh.
0: But maybe the safer way will just be give it a wee cut ahead of time, release some of the pressure. So, yeah, and then at the end, everybody says the haggis. Uh, so, that's your main meal, and that's where you get your haggis, neaps, and tatties. So, your haggis mashed turnips and mashed potatoes. Um, again, just delicious, delicious stuff. Uh, tends to be, I prefer it served with whiskey sauce. Um, that can either just be whiskey poured on your food, or you know, creamy whiskey sauce. Um, I do. I'm sure I told the story before of doing um, like one of the first years that I moved here, I was making burn supper for Jane and her roommate, and the only haggis I could get a hold of was tinned haggis.
2: Yes. And did, I, did you stab the did you do the speech and stab the tin as part of it? <laughs>
0: yeah i broke my wrist no when i poured it out it uh it just looked like cat food it was horrible here's, here's was just, my hair is that why you have
1: so many cats now yeah
0: yeah that's yeah it. i just feed them
1: haggis every night haggis. brought you <laughs> and jane closer together
2: I just, just love the idea of you selling where you've come from oh it's this really big night we have a great meal together and then pulling out this can of haggis we're like here it is
0: so in scotland they just eat cat food
2: Yeah, yeah. but we but we we do like a poem before it. So
0: yeah, and we just drink a lot of whiskey, and you don't taste it; it's fine.
1: (laughs) Do you want to go out with me?
0: (laughs) So yeah, so that's the main meal, and like I said, it's absolutely cracking; it's delicious. Um, And then next is dessert, and dessert. You know, we don't. I was thinking about this. We don't have a huge amount of like Scottish desserts.
1: Tanx, D. K. Well, as we've. Been over it, Tunic, <laughs> tonics is absolutely cornered the market, yeah. hasn't it? So, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, you can definitely eat your tonics with your, you know, after meal coffee if you want. But there's um, Kranakin, is that right, Johnny? Kranakin, I always mispronounce this. Um, but it's basically cakes, raspberries, and
1: cream. It's like, um,
0: a Scottish version of Eaton Mess, if you know what that
1: is. But it does have whiskey in it as well
0: uh yes yes it can yeah. uh, again it's just delicious i mean most of our meals most of the food if we can put whiskey in it we will or you can have shortbreads you can always have cheese and oatcakes uh but you know after meal you know one of the most important things is to have a dram everybody should have some whiskey um if you're having a burnt supper it's you know it's part of celebrating scottish culture Burns himself was definitely not shy when it came to drinking the whiskey and so that was part of how we celebrate his life as well. So yeah, once everybody is fed and they're happy and a bit saucy, it's time for the poems and the speeches and the songs. Um, so. Burns had a very significant catalogue. Um, he wrote many poems. He wrote uh, a few songs as well. He tended to, like, later on in his career, he edited some folk songs. Um, he put a lot of poetry to music. And, uh, you know, it's things like with "Old Lang Syne, they say that he found the phrases um, in older folk, stories um and folk songs and then he just kind of uh, developed it to the extent where there's there's very little doubt that he is the significant portion of it but he was definitely influenced by old kind of scottish folk songs folk stories so i think with that i think our first part of you know entertainment Johnny, you've prepared a song
2: for us, I believe. <laughs> I did, yeah. So I, well, I should, you know, we like a good disclaimer on this podcast. So my disclaimer is that I'm not much of a <laughs> singer, but the words are important because it's Burns' work. So I've I've basically made a little version of a man's a man for all that, um, which, interestingly enough, it, I, th- I think a lot of it's about equality, and he was talking about the differences of classes and people being, you know, Good, despite what level of society they're in, and sort of mm. trying to chase equality for people. And interesting enough, I think it was played at the opening of the Scottish Parliament um, back in whenever it was. So I've made a little version of it for our podcast, <laughs> which is kind of I'm embarrassing excited. to share. So I'm very very excited. I'll I'll play it to you now.
3: That hangs his head And all that The coward slave We pass him by We dare be poor For all that For all that And all that Our toil's obscure And all that The rank is but The guinea stamp The man's The goat for all let us pray that come it may, as come it will. For all that that sense and worth o'er all the earth shall bear the grief and all. be
2: very good at what you do Johnny <laughs> thanks, yeah, you truly thanks. are they cl- I didn't that have any pipes nice. but I did have a melodica so that's the closest I could get to, to Scottish um, traditional instruments
0: ah, I loved that that was that was genuinely brilliant um, oh very nice yeah should we just like, should we just end it there yeah I think we're done because <laughs> all right else this will do lads
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well so yes so people will stand up and they'll take their turn and if you will, um, they'll go up and they'll do their piece. And so there we just had that beautiful song from Johnny, um, A, Man's, A Man for All That, which was, you know, to, the, to my point earlier, class and social standing and kind of um, standing up for the lower classes was very important to Burns and that kind of comes through in that poem and that song. So after that, there tends to be, or along with the the entertainment, and we'll get, we'll have a poem later on, but um, we also have what is called the immortal memory, and the immortal memory is basically somebody will go up and they'll you know talk for a few minutes about Burns himself. Um, they will memorialize him in some way. They'll maybe talk about his cultural contribution to Scotland, um, they will talk about his work, It, or they'll just talk about his life. Um, you'll find that a lot of places will connect his uh, work to whatever they're doing themselves. So if you've got like maybe a Burns Night in, at a golf club, they'll talk about his connections to sports or St Andrews or something like that. Uh, if you have a gathering of musicians, they'll focus more on his songs. If you have a local swingers club getting together to celebrate Burns' night, they'll talk about, you know, his dalliances with the ladies and his 13 children that he had, or the fact that he had a poem called The Fornicator. Uh, you know, whatever it might be to kind of theme the, the speech towards your night. Um, Like I said, I don't want to talk about Burns himself, but I am... I,
1: I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting some strongly <laughs> worded letter from a <laughs> local West Lothian swingers club saying that that's... Not why they celebrate Burns.
2: <laughs> I'm not
0: saying that's why they celebrate it. I'm just saying that's a way that they could theme their night towards what interests them.
1: That's true, actually. The yes, common that's a interest
0: point. between them and Robert Burns. Like I said, I think I want to do an episode on Burns himself at some point. Uh, spend some time really digging into him and his life. So what I want to talk a wee bit more about is the history of Burns' nights and Burns' clubs in particular. So I'm going to quote from this great blog that I found by somebody called Kersey O-U-P dash U-K um, which kind of sounds a little like U-K-P but um, <laughs> she summed up <laughs> the Burns Club very well uh, obviously there'll be a link to the post on our website um, and if she is, I'm sorry but basically Burns Clubs are societies of uh, Burnophiles, um people that were just kind of obsessed with Burns um, in his lifetime he was celebrated and there's a lot of people around him that genuinely thought he was phenomenal and, and you know, really respected his work. Um, they These clubs are devoted to the life and work of Robert Burns. Uh, they still exist today, but the first Burns Club was formed in Greenwich in July 21st, 1801. This club was known as the Mother's Club, and I'm not 100% sure why. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got nothing to add Mothers, there. It's just a weird
2: Mother's into Burns. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um... <clears throat> But the, the members consisted of a number of Burns' friends and admirers. Uh, so they met on the f- fifth anniversary of Burns' death in 1796 at his birthplace. And in this podcast, we've talked about uh, a bunch of times, like, you know, how every good idea comes in every good Scottish idea comes from a pub mm-hmm. or people sitting yes. around having a drink. Well, Burns' birthplace, so literally the cottage that he was born in had been turned into a pub in 1796 and so the people that met to to commemorate his death were able to sit and have a meal and a few drinks and with that they ended up deciding that they were going to gather together on the anniversary of his birth because that's obviously a nicer time to celebrate uh, and celebrate his life, his work and all that type of stuff. So the mother's club, the first Burns Club, if you will, first night that they met on the anniversary of death, they actually ate haggis. They recited the address to the haggis and a Reverend Hamilton Paul delivered a toast to the immortal memory of Burns, which is the genesis of the traditions that we hold today and what and I'm kind of talking about right now. But they, like I said, they agreed to meet up in January to celebrate his birthday. They So they held the first Burns supper. The following January in 1802 on
1: the 29th. Why were they so far out with his date? Because <laughs> they were just
0: idiots. <laughs> Luckily, by the next year, they got it right. They figured out when his actual date of
1: birth was. So the second Burns Night was held on the 25th of January.
0: Is, um, that, is
3: it
1: called the Mother's Club because they asked his mother when he was born? And they should have asked him the first year. Mums no. always know. Mums do always know. So that's it. Probably in 1802, they asked her. They're your best hype person. <laughs> Hence why ours get mentioned in almost every episode of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. that's going to have to be like one of our s- anniversary episodes, us and the mums.
2: The next t-shirts we're making is going to ha- have the you... mother's faces on it as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mother's club edition.
1: Are you, are you hanging out with that Robert Burns again? <laughs> he's. I hope he's not leading you astray. He I does have a way with, with a words, though.
0: He's very handsome, though. So over the years, the clubs grew and they started popping, popping up in a variety of different cities around Scotland and England. But the popularity of these clubs and the people that were celebrating his birth and his life and his work continued to grow. So by 1812, there was a club in India, then in Canada, then in the USA, then in Australia. Basically, everywhere Britain had a colony. We were we created Burns clubs as well. As it should be. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to spread the culture, right? That's what we're doing. We're just spreading culture.
1: As the old <laughs> the old phrase goes, the sun never set on a Burns Club.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's because they stayed up all night just getting
1: pissed out of their face.
2: <laughs> it's just a big buzz-up, isn't it? Disguised as like a formal event. It's like, well, no, there's, there's things that happen and there's poems and songs. It's like, it's just a night in the pub, effectively. <laughs>
0: If we read a poem, then it makes it classy. It's yeah. so like, yeah. oh, oh it's an event. It's lovely. <laughs> lovely. Yeah, really nice. There, there's been a bunch of other clubs. What I liked is that one of the oldest continuously active Burns Clubs in the world is the Irvin Burns Club. Um, so yeah, So in June 1826, um, the Irvin Burns Club was formed. So it's 30 years after his death. And it was formed by 12 people. Five of them knew Burns and two were uh, personal friends. Um, and they have continued to meet every single year. Um, do you know them, Chris? Are you part of this club?
1: Uh, I don't want to talk well, about it. Well, see, the thing is, they,
0: they, what they do, what they're famous for is sending letters to prominent people and asking them to join, specifically prominent Scottish people. So... What with you being Scottish, being you know a prominent being as prominent, you are, yeah. and sharing their mm. name,
1: you know what? This is why we've got social media. Uh, you know, I think this is uh, a, a good opportunity to uh, really ramp things up and start a harassment campaign.
2: <laughs> so we definitely need to get someone from the Irvin Club into the podcast at some point. Well, maybe- Who's I can't remember?
1: <laughs> I can't remember who the the clan the clan was that uh, when we did a clan episode like the Irvin's mortal enemies. I think it was. Uh, <laughs>
0: Don't, don't you have it tattooed on your arse?
1: <laughs> I can't remember exactly who it was, but I can just imagine them being, say, it's like the Alexanders, like, oh, we're not letting those fucking Alexanders in an urban club. <laughs> Robert Burns, they probably can't even recite to a haggis. Well, so obviously,
0: like, I, I there, there's no, as far as I could see, there's no Angus Burns Club, there's no Naismith Burns Club, or Ross. I did look for a Ross Burns Club as well. But, um,. So I went down a hole of the Irvin Burns Club a little bit, uh, and I found the Irvin Lasses Club as well. So I'm assuming...
1: I'm in, I'm in that. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's just you and your mum. I don't know if it's your sister. Like, she's, she's taking a different name, so I don't
1: know if she's... she's yeah, she got kicked out the day she got married. I got,
0: honestly, I spent way too long looking at all of this because, so, so the Irvin Lasses Club, Formed in 1975. So Rosalind Kite, I believe her last name is. K-E-Y-T-E. Keet. Uh So she was an English lady who lived in the south of England. Her son moved to Ayr and married a Scottish girl. Typical Englishman stealing our women. <laughs> then Rosalind and her husband went to visit the newlyweds. They stopped by the Burns Cottage and she fell madly in love with the Bard and all his work and all that type of stuff. Makes sense. Total ladies man. He was very handsome. Rosalind and her husband then soon moved to urban they bought a shop and a house near the cottage i should mention that you can still visit the cottage where he was born uh it's lovely i've been i was there relatively recently nice little tour anyway so they bought this cottage in this house rosalind then tried to join the urban burns club the original one the the longest running one uh, and she was told that it was for men only this is 1975 (laughs) by the way and a lot of these clubs were men's clubs
2: it's a golf club (laughs)
0: That's just what they did. Well, they actually had a lot of ties to the Freemasons, because Burns himself was a Freemason as well. But
2: It's definitely a handshake, <laughs> isn't it? We'll get this it. is so all adding that, up. It's, it's really all making elaborate. perfect sense. I got
0: into a yeah. lot of this, by the way. So she was obviously royally pissed off with that, couldn't join the club, but she continued to support Burns and was going to Burns nights whenever she could. The moment really solidified itself for her when her husband was invited to a Burns supper by one of the like many local Burns clubs in town. On the way out the door, he asked her, so are we going to commemorate his birth or his death? And she apparently just lost it and was like, that's it, I'm starting my own club. And that's <laughs> how the, the Urban Lasses started, which is just like, I love it, I love it. I've read so much about these clubs and like the drama and the infighting. One, there's So by 1885, the Robert Burns World Federation was formed in Carl, uh, Kilmarnock. They have like 250 members, uh, member clubs around the world. And I don't know how many members, individual members. They number the different clubs and the London club somehow got number one. And Ooh. so, it's like, all of them, when you read up on the website, it says, like, like London Burns Club, and then in brackets, number one. And if you go to, say, Arlington, it will say number seven. It's like a sort of league so, table of the Burns Clubs of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Comarnic Club, when it was writing up the roster or something, or, or putting the members into the Federation, they made themselves number zero.
3: <laughs>
0: so, <Right. they're, laughs> it was just like, alright, fair enough. Brilliant. Like, I love it. But these clubs, they you know—they do a lot of charity events. They mainly, you know, obviously host Burns Nights and Burns Celebrations. They try and promote educational programs that teach Burns and Scottish dialect in schools. They do a lot of, like, maintaining Burns artifacts and memorials. So if you, like, around Scotland there'll be maybe a stone monument or a statue or something like that. They'll help uh, preserve them. Uh, <laughs> one of them, I think it's the the RBWF, the Robert Burns World Federation, is currently trying to name change the name of Preswick Airport to the Robert Burns Airport, which I'm not against, but it's just like it was a nice little tidbit.
1: Why would they want to stamp on Elvis Presley's legacy like that?
0: <laughs> yes, I mean there's that whole Presley fiasco.
1: Yeah, let's just let's just leave that hanging there yeah. so that people who don't <laughs> know that story. Right there. <laughs>
2: Doesn't Presswick still say on the side of it, pure, dead, brilliant? Or have they got rid of that? Yes. It does, I
0: believe they still have it, yeah.
1: I mean, last I I believe it still has the Graceland
0: Cafe as well, which (laughs) is brilliant. It's just nonsensical. Um, So, yeah, if you're... And and that's it. That's the Burns clubs. Like I said, they just celebrate him and his life and his work. But if you're... Wherever you are and wherever you live, look up. If you're very interested in Robert Burns, look him up. Look up the the clubs in your area. the, The... in North America, there is the Robert Burns Association of North America. That is the equivalent of the World Federation. So they help organize the different clubs around the country. And there are plenty of different clubs, like I said.
1: So Rory, Rory, you said you said there's an American uh, club that looks after the American um, yes. organizations. Is it is it like the U.S.? Is it like golf? <laughs> the <It's> like golf. <laughs> The PGA and the RNA and the PGA came along later, but thinks it's doing its stuff better.
0: They yeah they play by different rules you know they (laughs) yeah they do the address of the haggis after the main meal.
1: Poetry reading sponsored by FedEx.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't know but maybe if you're a member of one of them write in let us know but yeah that's it like that's the immortal memory obviously it's a bit of a weird one because it's not so much about Burns but it's you know Burns nights and the Burns clubs themselves but. uh, We have that. And then, you know, to continue our audio Burns Supper, then we have some poetry readings. Um, So in school, we would do competitions where we'd learn Burns poems and uh, talk to each other, not talk to each other, but like learn the poems and how to say them and how to speak um, in the Scots language. I love, I love Burns Nights kind of, especially here where you see people that have never read a Burns poem or never read the scots language and they've definitely had one too many and then just get up there and just give it loudly like i'm just like go on go on yourself mate there's something nice like
2: we've done a few with people from like like countries all over the world and you get to that like you say that point in the night where it's like there's a book going around and people just you know almost like picking them at random and having a go at reading them and i think there's something really nice that when people sort of warm up to and They're like, yeah, give it to me now. I'll, I'll have a go. It's like this great yeah. moment. And it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning.
0: It's, there's no shame. There's no, um, you know, you, you can't get it wrong. Just go up, do your best and have fun with it. If you mispronounce the word, so what? Like, You'll hear from the Urban Club if you get it wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so with that, I think Chris, you were going to give us another poem. One of your favourites. I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. This So um, this one is one of his most famous ones. Um, <clears throat> and I I remember it from school quite well. And just to go back to the fact the um, poetry competitions that we had in school, it still wrangles me that I uh, came second in our school poetry competition. <laughs> two. two years in a row, I think. Wow. Sandy. You <laughs> want a dick.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I,
1: I got my own back in the public speaking competition, which I won every single year, basically. Yeah. And, but she always won the poetry, so in your face, not, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm nearly i thirty five. Still not over it. Go. <laughs> we'll, anyway, we'll the, cut this
0: reading out of the podcast and mail it to her. Make sure she listens to it. I say we we could maybe get her
2: to read instead because she's maybe slightly Actually, better that's, at it.
0: It's a good idea. Actually, let me go and give her a call.
1: She's probably a <laughs> member of the Burns Ladies Club. <laughs> and knows way more about it. Um. So this one is um. Is called To a Mouse, uh, which is one of his more famous ones, and was written in 1785, and according to legend, uh, Burns was ploughing in the fields and accidentally destroyed a mouse's nest, uh, which it needed to survive the winter. Uh, and in fact Burns's brother claimed that the poet composed the poem while he was still holding the plough. He was so torn up about it.
0: That sounds very similar to... Yeah, yeah, I just
1: did... Yeah, I just Haged came up with the on the spot. spot. It, was, yeah, yeah. it just came yeah. to me. <laughs> just wrote it on the back of a cigarette packet. Yeah, no big deal. Um, and then a couple of uh, pop culture things that you guys might uh, know or be interested to know. John Steinbeck took the title of, uh, of Mice and Men from a line that's in the in the poem, um, and it makes an appearance in uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, because uh, basically they 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 talk about how in in Hitchhikers. Mice are the physical protrusions into our dimension of a race of okay. hyper-intelligent, pan-dimensional beings, and when their plans go wrong, they lament that the best-laid plans of mice don't always work out. So uh, nice. It's referenced in multiple things, um, but anyway, here we go. It's called To a Mouse on Turning Her Up in Her Nest with the Plough, November 1785. <sighs> we sleek it cower in timorous beastie, or oh, what a panic's in thy breastie. Thou needna start away so hasty wi bickering brattle. I would be laith to rin and chase thee wi murdering pattle. I'm truly sorry man's dominion has broken nature's social union and justifies the ill opinion which makes thee startle at me thy poor earth-born companion and fellow mortal. I no wiles but thou may thieve what then, poor beastie, thou mon live? A damey in a thrave sae so a small, small request. I'll get a blessing with the live, and never miss it. Thy wee bit housey, too, in ruin, It's silly wads the winds are strewin, And nothing now to big anew, or foggage green, And bleak December's winds both snell and keen. Thou saw the fields laid bare and waste, And weary winter comin' fast, And cosy here, beneath the blast, Thou thought to dwell, Till, crash, the cruel coulter passed out thro thy cell. That wee bit heap o leaves and stibble, As cost thee money a weary nibble, now thou's turned out, for aye the trouble, but house a hauled, would all the winter's sleety dribble, and cran recall But mousie, thou art no thy lane, in proving foresight may be vain, the best laid schemes o' mice and men, gang aft aglay, and lee is naught but grief and pain, for promised joy. So thou art blest compared with me, the present only toucheth thee, but och, a backward cast my eye, on prospect's drear, and forward though, I cannae see, I guess and fear.'
0: Ah, oh, well done. That was that was very. Good. Yeah, Definitely. I just
1: wrote that while I was
2: plumbing. <laughs> I mean, certainly yeah. worth a second place in something.
0: <laughs> oh, and you're gonna make him cry! You're bringing it all back, Johnny. Not again, Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> Fifteen years. Fifteen years of therapy. <laughs>
0: Oh, that was beautiful that was beautiful Chris um, so yeah the after like like Chris said you know you kind of Chris or Johnny said you kind of pass the book around everybody you know takes their turn says their their, their poem uh, and it's it's honestly a lot of fun just kind of standing up and, and doing your, your bit. Um, and there's some great poems, some true epic stories, some observations on life, some on politics and culture, some are just great little, you know. I'm thinking of like Tamashanter, which is just a bit of like a, a scary story, which is kind of fun, but also fun. Yeah, well. ta-
1: Tamashanter would need its own podcast, probably. It's that yeah, long. It's mm. like five hours long, yeah. but it's.
0: It's excellent. Anyway, anyway, I've prepared it, so I'm just going to start now. <laughs> oh no, oh no. So after that, uh, and this is one I wasn't familiar with, but I googled it a wee bit, and it seems that a lot of people are doing it now. But yeah, guys heard of the the toasts, the lassies?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. This one, I, I don't remember this happening, but it tends to happen towards the end of the night. So because it's that, and then I, a response,
2: right? Is it not? You do like no, address I, the the lassies and yeah. then there's a reply to the. Blinds.
0: Yes, exactly. So maybe I'm just a bit too many you, sheets to the wind by this point.
1: We definitely have done it and I've done it with you and <laughs> we did it at, at mine right. a couple years ago. <laughs> so And it's done it pretty it's done it pretty much every burn supper. It's it's a staple. Right. So my point stands that I'm just yeah, okay, fair enough. Great. I don't Thanks. even know why we're toasting lassies. This is bullshit. <laughs> That's
0: not what I'm saying. I'm
1: just saying I don't they've remember got, it from any burns They've got temper. their own Burns Club. They've got their own Burns Club. <laughs> we want we want a Burns Club for men. Why are we toasting them? So
0: in time honored Thistle Do Nicely Podcast Edition, this tradition has no known origin it doesn't really tie back to burns himself but i get the feeling it's just a case of you know when they had these types of events they were men only clubs a lot of the time the burns clubs were men only and so they would take a moment to thank the people who let's face it had probably prepared the meal for them and been serving their drinks and all that type of stuff which were women and so they would have a toast to the lasses and it would just be generally kind of a funny speech or uh you know a a, a speech to say, you know, thanks for doing your work. And at the end, all the men raise their glasses and say, to the lassies. These days, there is, like you said, a reply to the laddies, where the lassies, uh, a lady would stand up and would then do a retorting, funny speech back to the men. And uh, a lot of the times I was seeing that people would kind of collaborate, the two people that had been chosen to do the speeches would get together so that they were almost... um, they would compliment each other basically. And you know, it's just an. It, I, I, so I'm told it's a nice part <laughs> of the evening uh, and it's funny speeches. Thanks that, for paying attention, Rory. <laughs> Jesus,
1: <Jeez, sighs> just let the women have a minute. I'm
0: happy for them to have a minute. I just don't remember. Just trying to
1: write them out of, of history. Mind. Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: I'm. I've got them in right from the beginning. I don't see why you're to <laughs> too <settle>. busy,
1: <laughs> too busy wiping the burst haggis off your face in the bathroom, is it? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, then there's potentially you know more poems, more songs, more whiskey, and then you know we're getting to the end of the night, where it's you know thanks to and from the host, um, you know thank you, gentlemen, for coming. And then towards the end, uh, people tend to sing "Old Lang Syne," and you know I don't don't know if you guys have got any parting thoughts, but I'm definitely going to end this episode with Johnny's rendition of "Old Lang Syne" from our Hogmanay episode. But
2: I mean, I'll give it as much airtime as I can get it. <laughs> it's, it's great. Do you know the <laughs> only thing I would in. add is it reminded me talk it's a bit more about Burns. Is we yeah. my dog growing up was named after Burns. We had a dog called Rabi. Who, oh, yeah, was well, we know, yeah, uh, God bless him. Um, he, he I think, similar to that club you mentioned earlier, we thought he was born in Burns night, and I think later found out he wasn't, <laughs> but it was like, ah, it's fine, <laughs> it's a good story, anyway. So, we, I think we were a few days out, but um, yeah, So a little tribute <laughs> to uh, old Rab, Rab Naismith back in the day, good old, good old, old Whitefoot. Whitefoot, yeah, as Chris called him,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would uh. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure, as you said, we're going to do a um thing yeah. on uh, Burns himself, and uh, you know, it's uh, he he's an incredibly important part of our culture and heritage. I mean, he's it's not an exaggeration to say he's pretty, he's basically our Shakespeare, uh, yeah. oh, as yeah. far as importance goes. And you know, a few years ago, I bought myself a book of the complete poems and songs of him and it's it's 444 pages worth of, of <laughs> songs and that's that's not including the glossary and the titles and stuff like that so that just shows you how prolific he was mm. and it's and it's small print as well and, um, and he died at and, like 37 as well so yeah wow yeah amazing sorry uh I, i've just come across a poem actually that starts go fetch me a pint of wine so <laughs> you know it <laughs> really wasn't as
0: he, yeah, he's he's got a lot of poems about animals, women, and eating and drinking. He's a true a true legend. So yeah, uh, you know, thank you everybody for joining our Burns supper. I hope you know you you can follow along with us, eat some food, drink some drinks, celebrate the Scottish bard, and look forward to our episode on him some point in the future. Um, so with that. This'll do lads, this'll do nicely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just a couple more things. Please don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all other podcasting apps. You can email us at thistledonicelypod at gmail.com. Visit the website thistledonicelypod.com. Visit us on Twitter at do pod. All original music in this podcast is written and performed by our very own Johnny Naismith. Please like and subscribe to his YouTube channel and follow him on Instagram at J-A-W underscore K-N-E-E underscore loves hugs and kisses from the Thistle Do Nicely pod.